It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, as always with you, talking Carolina Panthers, typically Monday through Friday, but right now, as we're in off-season mode here in June, only going to be talking to you guys three times a week. But every Friday, like today, you'll be getting your weekly Friday mailbag where I'm going to need your participation by following me on Twitter first, at Julian Council, and then either DM me or adding me your questions as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers. And if you have any questions about me, I'll also answer those questions. But we're doing that every Friday throughout the offseason, the Friday mailbag. So that's what's coming up on today's show. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Odyssey, on Stitcher, and pretty much wherever you get your podcast from, as I'm going to need you to be able to do that so you know when every show comes out. Because I'm not doing it every day. But um, if you sit there and you get it in the morning, then you know that's the day that the show's come out. So make sure to do that so you're not having to uh, find and try and figure out when the show's going to come on. It'll just pop right on your phone, download it there for you. So make sure to go ahead and do that for me. All right, let's go ahead. Get into your questions this week. Again, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. Make sure to tweet at me, whatever you guys have in terms of Carolina Panthers questions. I'm always looking to answer them. We've wrapped up mandatory minicamp, and now we have about six weeks until the Panthers arrive in Spartanburg, South Carolina on the campus of Wofford College for training camp for the 2021 season. Really good to be back down in Wofford. So there's plenty of time to sit here and talk about what's going to happen this season in the next couple weeks. I'm really interested to see the questions you guys are going to have for me in the weeks to come. Let's go ahead and start off now with Sam, who says he's a Panthers fan from Akron, Ohio, of course, the home of King James, LeBron James. He said, what are your top three home games to watch this season? And he also asked, what is my favorite restaurant in the Charlotte area? Top three home games. I think you got to go ahead and say, what, week two with the New Orleans Saints? Big time opportunity for the Carolina Panthers, considering Drew Brees, the future Hall of Fame quarterback. He's no longer there. I'm assuming it's going to be Jameis Winston. I can't imagine that Sean Payton's going to roll into the season with Taysom Hill as his actual starting quarterback. So that's a major opportunity for the Carolina Panthers early on in the season to get a big win. Uh, Let's go to week nine against the New England Patriots. Assuming Cam Newton's still the starter, I have no idea what Bill Belichick's plan is in New England with Cam and in Mac Jones, who he drafted in the first round out of Alabama. Someone who the Carolina Panthers also bypassed at eight. We spent a lot of time talking about Justin Fields getting bypassed. Mac Jones, who was on the Panthers' senior bowl team down in Mobile, Alabama earlier this year, he was also on the board, and the Panthers did not want him. But Cam Newton making his return to Charlotte, hopefully healthy, hopefully playing well for New England. It will be an emotional day. I mean, the only time we can ever kind of compare, it wasn't necessarily a homecoming, but it was a, kind of a revenge game. Well, not kind. It was absolutely a revenge game. Back when the Panthers went up to Baltimore to play against Steve Smith and the Ravens, and Steve talked about blood and guts, and well, that's what the Panthers got that day. I am very curious to see what the buildup's going to be like 
for that game and what Cam Newton says about this organization not keeping him around and all the drama that surrounded that offseason, then moving on to Teddy Bridgewater and then already moving off of Teddy Bridgewater and now having Sam Darnold, who statistically is a worse quarterback than both, obviously, Cam Newton and even Teddy Bridgewater, who a lot of people were not fans of last year for the Carolina Panthers. So that would be my second one. And then probably the third, got to be Washington, right? Another homecoming. They already played Ron Rivera last season on the road in Washington. Dwayne Haskins was a complete nightmare for the football team. And the Panthers got a big win for at least Matt Rule and company trying to establish his culture in year one. That was a win that cost him a top five draft pick, something that eternally frustrated a lot of people. But considering how the Panthers were operating in Even had they had a higher pick, they weren't going to be in position, it looked like, to get Trey Lance, obviously get Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson, the top three quarterbacks taken in the 2021 draft. So I don't think it would have mattered either way. They might have still stuck with J.C. Horn. Actually, probably not. They probably got Panay Sewell, which is obviously a huge position of need at left tackle still. So those are the three home games I'm looking at. Week two against New Orleans, just considering division. Uh, I think the Panthers are right behind the, the Saints, but the Saints have a better overall roster. Quarterback is a big question mark for New Orleans, though. Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, whether they start, question mark. Then Cam Newton coming back in week nine. In week 11, Ron Rivera making his return back to Charlotte. All right, Eric. And also, my favorite restaurant in Charlotte. Uh, let's just go ahead and just say an RIP to Price's Chicken Coop, which is closing on Saturday, June 19th. Been around for 59 years over in South End, and there's been a ton of development around that neighborhood for the last couple of years. They own the property and the land, so that's what's probably allowed them to stay there. Also, the fact that they're always slammed, but they're deciding to hang it up after 59 years, which is kind of soul-crushing for anyone who grew up in the Charlotte area and love their chicken, and it just stinks to see one of our uh, other landmarks leave. So I'll just shout out Price's Chicken Coop in terms of what was one of my favorite restaurants in the Charlotte area. It is uh, no longer going to be here. Pour one out. Okay, Eric asks, do you foresee the Panthers signing someone at left tackle or any other weak points when other teams make cuts this year? I certainly could see that happening. Let's look back to last season where they had a need at corner. Remember, the Panthers went out there in the 2020 draft and drafted solely defense. They drafted two cornerbacks, Troy Pride Jr. in the fourth round at Notre Dame. And in the seventh round, they got Stan Thomas Oliver out of Florida International. Both of those guys played more than I think the Panthers really wanted them to play last year. And they weren't really prepared going into the season to have Troy Pride be that just second guy opposite of Dante Jackson. So they went out on the waiver wire and they went out and got um, Rasul Douglas, who was an Eagle and had played and started for the Eagles. And Rasul struggled a lot last season. And kind of looking back at some of the past games, it was even more noticeable for why he's not here. So I could see the Panthers doing that. When you look at that situation, though, if a guy's getting cut by another team, and it's probably not going to be for uh, cap reasons, as that, those have already happened so far this offseason, it's likely not going to be someone who's better than what they already have here on the roster or someone that they already like. Uh, Eric also asked me, do you think Todd Gurley would be a good backup for CMC or are you happy with Chuba Hubbard and Reggie Bonifon? I think they're happy with Chuba Hubbard and Reggie Bonifon. I don't think they make that, uh, that pick of Chuba Hubbard there in the fourth round if they weren't expecting him to potentially be the backup. And I don't really know where Reggie Bonifon sits with this team right now. You also got to throw in uh, Rodney Smith as well. Uh, but Todd Gurley, just you saw last year in Atlanta, outside of the time where he played the Panthers, he just was not very good. And the knee issues, Todd at least got got his money. He's a North Carolina kid from Tarboro down east. I just don't really see the Carolina Panthers going out there and signing Todd Gurley. I don't even know what exactly his future is going to be. 
in the NFL moving forward. That's really unfortunate for a player who was fantastic and was in the MVP race not too long ago when he was with the Los Angeles Rams. All right, going to take a quick pause and answer more of your questions on the other side. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash and reimbursements for making purchases. When you use Credit Karma Money Debit Card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma Cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. Credit Karma Money progress starts here, right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank, Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, back to more of your questions. Alex, he uh, sent me a tweet from Elena Getzenberg of the Charlotte Observer, where Matt Rule said that they like Brady Christensen, third round pick out of BYU, on the right side of the line and have him practicing at right tackle. And Alex asked me, is this a sign that the Panthers front office doesn't think they'll be able to retain Taylor Moten after this year? And it's just something I actually talked about in my mandatory minicamp takeaways, where when I saw that, and let's go back to Panthers Confidential, where the Panthers had saw they had seen well, at least that's what they, they saw Brady Christensen they had him as a second round grade as a guard and a third round grade as a tackle which would not lead you to believe that he's going to step in day one and be your starting left tackle um, and I had also told y'all that based off of just contracts and what they did this off season particularly the first two guys that they signed uh, Cam Irving and Pat Elfline. I would assume that those two guys would be starting on the left side. And Matt Rula said as much that right now, if he was going to pencil in a starter and we're going to training camp in Spartanburg in a couple weeks, he would have Cam Irving, the former first rounder out of Florida State, as the starting left tackle. Brady Christensen, though, playing right side, it makes sense in terms of, you know, John Miller, I would assume is going to start at right guard, but he's probably not going to be on this roster after this year. Taylor Moten, who... He's getting a ton of money this year on a franchise tag, and he said as much as he's fine with it. He's going to let his agent handle everything the Panthers do have until uh, July 15th to sign him to a longer deal, and or else they're going to wait until next offseason where it's going to be a bidding war across the league. It is a backup plan for sure, I would imagine. I don't think that's what they want to do. 
Um, I think that they probably want to have Christensen start in as a guard next year whenever uh, John Miller leaves, probably starting at right guard next to Taylor Moten. That would probably be ideally what they want. But you also, you drafted uh, Deontay Brown out of Alabama, and you signed David Moore uh, out of Grambling State as a UDFA. And he's also a guy who's played a little bit of center for them back in Mobile at the Senior Bowl earlier this year. So there's certainly a lot of options that the Panthers have. But yeah, I could see potentially they look at Brady Christensen as a backup plan if they're not able to re-sign Taylor Moten. I, I would imagine Taylor Moten being able to re-sign him has to be the top priority for this team, considering the offensive, the state of the offensive line. And if they, and here's the thing too: if they don't sign him this offseason, I don't have a ton of confidence in this line. I don't have a ton of confidence confidence in Cam Irving and Pat Alfline. Matt Paradis is gone after this year anyway. I, I would assume the same thing with John Miller. So you're looking at just. Two guys are going to leave probably regardless, and then two guys who have not been good in their previous stops in the NFL. You're really going to let go of the top guy, and if you don't let him go, meaning like if they don't sign him before the season, his price is going to only go up because Taylor Moten has to know his value and understand that his teammates playing with him on that offensive line aren't very good compared to what obviously he's done in the NFL so far in his four in his uh, three seasons and now going into his fourth season of that rookie deal. So that's only going to drive up his price here in Carolina, and teams would love to have him out there on their team, especially a team that's desperate for a right tackle, and they want to book in and make sure everything is just tight with their tackle situation, which is not the case, at least on the left side here in Carolina. They got to find a way to sign Terrell Moat before the season. Otherwise, I just think for him... <laughs> Take the money you can. Take as much as you can get. He's already said that he's built a house here in Charlotte. His family's moved down here, but he understands this is a business, and he will be more than fine moving on if that's what has to happen. And Tempers Brasswells also asked me a similar question, just you know what my thoughts are on Christensen playing on the right, playing right tackle and offense guard and not left tackle. I just I know he was an All American last year at BYU, albeit against a very weak schedule, which I've also pointed out as one of my. Uh, hesitancies when it comes to Zach Wilson being the second quarterback taken and also the fact he's going to New York. But I just don't really see how you can look at what he did last season and believe like that's what's real when the year prior he wasn't that very he wasn't very good against Paxwell competition. And he came into last season in a quarterback battle was not guaranteed the starter for Kalani Sataki's BYU Cougars. Either way, he played well. Christensen played well. And, you know, you can only go up against the talent that you played against. And Christensen was dominant. But at left tackle to start the season, I just don't see it. Maybe down the road, he could be. Right now, they just want to put him in a, in a situation as a backup right tackle for Taylor Moten if something happens or Taylor has to swing to the left side. They can have him right there on the right side because you've already seen Trent Scott and also Cam Irving miss some time. Both of those guys should be fine once they get down to Spartanburg. But just in terms of, you know, if the situation arises where they need a backup, they can throw Christensen in those, both those positions, backing up John Miller and backing up Taylor Moten. All right, Ryan says that he says this to me. I'm happy with the way the team is trending, but dot dot dot. I do feel like some of our free agent signings concerning to take journeyman style players into reliable players. Teddy, Cam Irving, probably Pat Elfline when he's inevitably isn't good. Do you think it's a lack of ability to evaluate talent or a sign of a overcome or a sign of overconfidence in the coaching staff or even a concern at all? I understand you have to fill roster spots. I know that's a long question. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was the weird thing, and we've talked about this before, and I just kind of mentioned this a minute ago. The fact that their first two signings this past offseason 
were Cam Irving and Pat Elfline, right as the legal tampering period started. Like, those are the first two that were announced. And Matt Rule had said that he wanted to get younger on offense, and particularly on the offensive line. And he sought out to do that. And I applauded them for at least trying to address it. But man, like, those guys have not been good in this league. So I'm really confused to what they saw. Now, positional flexibility, Cam Irving, he said as much earlier this week uh, after mandatory minicamp that he could, he's played a ton of positions and he's excited to play left tackle, but he can fill in wherever. And Pat Elfline, who played center at Ohio State and was the Remington Trophy Award winner there, which goes to the top center in college football, he did that, went to Minnesota. Minnesota eventually drafted Garrett Bradbury, a Charlotte guy who played at NC State to be their center. And they had Elfline at guard, eventually cut him after some injuries. And he goes to New York last year trying to protect Sam Darnold. Didn't do a great job there especially when you look at the pro football focus numbers and the numbers for Cam Irving aren't good either. Yeah, it is concerning in a way, but this is a, this is a rebuilding roster. We have to understand that this is the youngest team in the NFL. Defensively, I like the signings that they made. Daquan Jones um, as a run stopper who can also play next to Derek Brown. He's not going to really bring you pass rushing ability, but he's been a starter in Tennessee for the last couple seasons. Now, the Titans defense wasn't great last year. They were historically one of the worst third down defenses in the NFL, but Daquan Jones has been a solid player. I like bringing in A.J. Boye. He's been a pro bowler last season in Denver with the concussion and also with the shoulder injury, whatever he had, and he had the suspension at the end of the season. It wasn't a great year for him, but he's been good in his time when he's down to Houston with the Texans, then in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. I guess the Rashawn Melvin deal, he's not going to be a starter. He's on his ninth team. That's kind of those journeymen who at least can bring you some depth, and I think he at least with the, the length, um, and he fits into the kind of prototype that Scott Fitter and the Seattle Seahawks uh, have really liked with their corners over the years. Yeah, the offensive line ones, just that's what really concerns me the most. And he also you also bring up Teddy Bridgewater. Just the deal never made a lot of sense. And it was just, I guess, the Panthers wanted to have a proper NFL quarterback in first year, Matt Rule. Had, had they just gone out there and started Will Greer or P.J. Walker for the whole season, then this team would have been in position to potentially get Trevor Lawrence or to get Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. Instead, they weren't. Teddy Bridgewater, as much as people don't like him, he's he was too good <laughs> for them to uh, be in that position. He won four games as a starter. P.J. Walker won the other one when he filled in against the Detroit Lions, but that was really all the defense that day. So, yeah, you should be a little bit concerned. I also understand that this is a building process. This is not a team that's expected to be in the playoffs this year. I've told you all I thought 8-9, and 9-8 nine, nine and eight for the most part, but now I'm kind of leaning more 7-10, and 8-9, just considering that this is the youngest roster in the NFL. And year three was kind of the year where we we're always hoping that they'd be set up to win. But... It's really going to depend on whether they can fix the offensive line and also whether Sam Darnold is the quarterback that they thought they've traded for and who Scott Fitter and a lot of people, and especially New York Jets, thought that they drafted back in 2018, third overall, out of USC. All right, another quick pause, then going to answer more of your questions here on Locked on Panthers. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet go explore their easy to use website today and find a solution to your auto parts needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the carts your car will ever need rockauto.com 
Guys, I've been telling you about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever, and they now have nine delicious flavors, including the limited time flavors that are available every once in a while. They're also really delicious. Check out these nine flavors. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone, and here's a really cool thing about Built Bar. Say you want to have multiple flavors in your box, you can do that. You can get a mixed box. I mean, you can get coconut with mint brownie, or you can get raspberry with double chocolate, or if you want to go double fruit, you can get cherry and and raspberry in the same box. It's the best thing about Built Bar. Also, guys, they're soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate, and they're healthy. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Make sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15, and you get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's answer more of your questions here as we wrap up the show. David said, just curious on your thoughts on Chris Sims' top 40 quarterback list. He has Sam Darnold ranked 19th, which surprised me, but he also thinks Zach Wilson is better than Trevor Lawrence. Well, yeah, I don't really understand that one at all. I will say this, and I've said this on the pod before. Trevor Lawrence, in the last two times that the nation has watched him in the college football playoff, he has been outplayed by both Joe Burrow, who was a Heisman Trophy winner and a number one overall pick for the Cincinnati Bengals and was playing really well last season before the Bengals offensive line eventually got him hurt and he ripped up his knee. And then also, you just saw this past season, Justin Fields, who the Panthers bypassed, and he was the fourth quarterback taken in this draft, Justin Fields, who is from the same kind of area as Trevor Lawrence in Georgia. He outdoled them. I do not believe Zach Wilson is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. I don't believe the situation Zach Wilson's going into is a better situation than one in Jacksonville for Trevor Lawrence. Now, Urban Meyer, as a head coach in the NFL, is a complete joke. I don't see him lasting there really longer than like two or three seasons, depending on how things go, especially with Urban's health. If the issue that he's had all these years back in Florida and Ohio State, if that's still a problem, I don't really see how he's going to be able to coach. Now, also the fact that in the NFL, he's going to be losing more games in a season he's ever lost at it in his career at Ohio State. I don't know how that's going to weigh on him. I mean, hopefully, health-wise, he's going to be okay. But getting back to your question, Sam Darnold being 19th, ah, I, I got, let's see. Let me see if I can pull up the list real quick because I did not see – Chris Sims is fine. I'm not necessarily the biggest Chris Sims fan. It's not like I, I don't dislike him, but he is uh, – let's say he's an interesting cat. Uh, let's see. Top 40 quarterbacks for Chris Sims. Wow, so Chris Sims has Tom Brady as a 15th. Okay, that's all I need to know about the rankings. You have Tom Brady 15th in the league, and then Sam Darnold's 19th. Sam Darnold's nowhere anywhere close to the same stratosphere as Tom Brady, even at Brady at this age, what, 44 years old? So that's all I really need to know about that list. Oh, gee, come on, man. Uh, he also, at David says, also, this is kind of silly, but could you ever see CMC transitioning to a slot receiver slash pass catching running back when he is older and past his prime? Um, I'm just thinking with the skill set, he might be able to extend his career because he's such a good receiver. As you know, most running backs fall hard after the age of 30. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I know it's always going to be a huge debate about his usage. And I saw that was talked about a couple weeks ago during OTAs that they still plan on kind of giving him the same kind of carries and that upset some people. I don't really understand why. He's getting paid a ton of money. This offense needs him to be out there, especially when you have Sam Darnold as your quarterback, and you would have been better last year um, with Teddy Bridgewater had they had had um, 
Christian McCaffrey rather out on the field. I don't really understand are people trying to save him for week 12 in 2025? Like try and win now. I, I, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Uh, the people who do a lot of hang, hand wringing over, oh, McCaffrey getting too many carries. Like he's a running back and he's your best offensive weapon. He's one of the best offensive weapons in football. Wouldn't you want to give him the, the ball as much as possible? Now things are different that they have Robbie Anderson on the roster and then they also have DJ Moore, of course. And hopefully guys like Dan Arnold can make some plays and Terrace Marshall when he comes in and even David Moore, the, the receiver who's coming in from Seattle. So there's other options, but still, he's the best option. And I want to see your best player have the football in his hands all the time. Wouldn't you want to do that? I don't know. So, yeah, certainly he already plays plenty. Of like He can already do the things that you're talking about playing slot and as a pass catching running back right now. Down the road, maybe a team will see him more of a situational kind of guy. Um, kind of like... I guess not the greatest game, like what James White was for a lot of years. I'm in New England with Tom Brady. I guess he still is up there. In that way, just kind of more of being a situational old guy on third down, more so than in every down back when he gets older. I could see that being the case for Christian McCaffrey. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be James White. I'm just saying that kind of utilization might be where he's at. But the way he takes care of his body, I don't think that we're going to be that we're going to have to worry about that when he gets to age 30. I think he might still be in good shape, but obviously it depends on injuries and his health and all that other kind of stuff as we head over to the next couple of seasons as he gets closer to 30. Travis says how much, well, he says how, who makes, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Travis, who makes the running back roster besides CMC? Also, the secondary has really improved. Do you think they will be great this year? Um, Chuba Hubbard, I imagine, makes it. Uh, man, and then probably probably Reggie Bonifon, either him or Rodney Smith. Chuba for sure. I think you got to flip a coin there on Reggie Bonifon and Rodney Smith. It's hard to say right now, and I honestly don't think it's like that big of a deal because Chuba is probably going to be the backup running back for Christian McCaffrey this season. Um, the secondary, yeah, it's, it's definitely improved. Will they be great this year? I think great. It's a pretty big leap. Dante Jackson still has to prove that he can be an everyday, like an every down starter at corner. I mean, like he can stay on the field. He can be, he can be healthy. He can make the right reads, might make the right decisions and not gamble and give up big plays, which is something he's done a lot of times early in his career. Also, just has to prove that he's coachable and he's got to be one of the veterans in this locker room this year. He's still a young player, only in his fourth season, but considering this is the youngest roster in the NFL, they're going to really lean on him with J.C. Horn playing opposite of him, and then also having A.J. Boye, I like the depth that they have. I don't. It's going to be hard to say the secondary can be great. I really like what they have at corner. As far as safety, Jeremy Chin, I think he'll be fine at the safety position. He was That's what he was drafted to be here in Carolina. Obviously, they're going to play him all over the defense, which is, is good. But in terms of his longevity, Phil Snow has already said this as much, that he needs to be playing at safety. Now, next to him, Justin Burris. Um. You know, we'll see. He was fine last year, but it's not like he, he's like the most overwhelming talent in the NFL. So just a safety position, I think it's just a question mark. Not just I'm not trying to place too much on Jeremy Chin. So I, I, I'm not going to say the secondary is going to be great this year, but I think that they're going to be a lot better than what they've been, especially last season, but also in the last couple seasons. All right, final question comes from James. Who do you think the Panthers' offensive big three are? Well, obviously, it's got to be Christian McCaffrey. Um, then I'd probably also just – it's. I would say when you look at big three – it's probably going to be skill positions, right? It's going to be Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, because he's your top receiver, back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving seasons. And then it has to be your quarterback, right? Sam Darnold. I could maybe throw in Taylor Moten in there. I don't know if anyone's going to really see it. Like, those are like the three faces of the offense. 
the three they, the faces of the offense are usually the quarterback, um, depending on how good the running back is, the running back, and then your top wide receiver. So I would say Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and Sam Darnold in that order are the offensive big three for Carolina. And they're going to need to be the big three for them this year if they want to have success. And we already know what we're going to get from Christian McCaffrey if he's healthy. We already know what we're going to get from DJ Moore when he's healthy. As far as Sam Darnold, I don't know what we're going to get. I know what I've seen, and I don't really have the highest expectations, as you guys have heard when listening to this podcast for Sam Darnold coming up this season. So we'll see. But those are the big three when it comes to a big three in terms of the Carolina Panthers' offensive players. All right, thanks again, guys, for your questions. Really good. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, and where you can tweet at me and DM me every week for the Friday Weekly Mailbag, which you're going to be doing throughout the offseason here on Locked on Panthers. Uh, make sure to also rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, on Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'll be back with more episodes next week. Thank you so much for your support. Enjoy your weekend. Talk to you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.